Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by our lead pastor, Dave Ferguson, as we begin a brand new series, Dangerous Prayers. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us at the Yellow Box on Sundays at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Happy New Year, community, and a happy 2017. I'll tell you what, to get started, find a couple people near you, just turn to them and say, Happy New Year, right? You can give them a high five, fist bump, give them a hug, your spouse, kiss them, I don't care, but say Happy New Year. I'll tell you what, I want to start 2017 by simply saying thank you. Thank you for what a big difference you made in 2016. And I want to say a particular thank you for your commitment and your undying passion to help people find their way back to God. As, uh, as I look over my shoulder at 2016, I think this was probably the greatest year in the life of community. In 2016, you may not have known this, but your church earned a very important distinction. We were certified as a best Christian workplace by the Best Christian Workplace Institute. Pretty cool, huh? In 2016, you were extraordinarily generous. Together, we gave over $8.1 million to the Jesus Mission and the One Initiative. And as a part of that, on Celebration Generosity, that first Sunday in October, a single Sunday, you gave $548,000 to four great causes outside yourself, both locally and globally. And in 2016, God sent us a record number of people. We celebrated with almost 11,000, 10,752 people on Easter, and we wrapped up this year averaging 400 more people this year than last year, making it a record-setting year. And did you know this? In 2016, we averaged just right at one baptism for every single day of the year, 360-some. I can remember studying the book of Acts in college and reading Acts 2.47, where it says the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. I remember thinking, wow, wouldn't it be awesome to be part of a church like that? In community, you are a church like that. What's described in Acts 247. It was also in 2016 that new thing, our church planning network, that starts churches just like community for people just like you. It expanded and grew now to more than 1,100 reproducing churches in 16 countries in seven continents around the world. I'll tell you one more, one more highlight in 2016, and it's this place right here. You may not recognize it if you don't attend here, but I'm in our new community Plainfield facility. This space, this tremendous space, was made possible by your great generosity to the One Initiative. At the grand opening, we packed this place with nearly 1,700 people. And since opening day in September, there have been more than 1,000 first-time attenders who've walked through those doors And since the grand opening, we've had 36 people just here that said yes to Jesus and were baptized. I'll tell you what, as as I look around at this place, I'm reminded that this space and, and most all the highlights from 2016 are a direct result of something that I call dangerous prayers. In fact, let me read you a few of the prayers that are written down by key leaders in those early meetings as we prepared to launch the one initiative to make spaces and places like this possible. For example, Debbie prayed, God, please do more than we could ever imagine with the resources you provide to the one initiative. Brad prayed this prayer and wrote it down. said, Father, let community be led by your spirit to embrace generosity so that more will be reached and communities restored. Christopher prayed this, let hundreds and thousands find their way back to God and for those who've already found God to grow in Christ 
and faith beyond anything they could imagine. You know, I believe when the whole story of community is finally told, what we're going to discover is that this church was built on dangerous prayers. Always has been. Personally, I can remember laying flat on my face in the living room of my apartment as we're starting this church more than 20 years ago, praying some of my most dangerous prayers. Kind of prayers like, God, you know, use us to start a church that will impact this community and then reproduce other churches. Or God, use me in this church to help hundreds and thousands of people find their way back to God. <laughs> or even, God, help me in the process not to starve to death. When I think about the 25-year-old me trying to start a church with my brother John and our wives and a few friends and no backup plan, I'm telling you what has happened to date is God's gracious response to a series of dangerous prayers. Now, if I'm being honest, most of my prayers, most of my prayers are not dangerous prayers. Most of my prayers are actually, probably call them safe prayers. Safe prayers like, God help me. Uh, God bless me with this. God keep me and my family safe. And there's nothing wrong with safe prayers. Safe prayers are fine. Safe prayers can even be appropriate. But I'm telling you, looking back on my own experience, it's the dangerous prayers that I remember most. It's the dangerous prayers that seem to be catalysts for God using me and us in ways way beyond what we ever imagined. You see, when Jesus taught his followers how to pray, I think he knew that we would kind of instinctively pray lots of safe prayers. But what they needed to be taught was how to pray dangerous prayers. Because dangerous prayers take the focus off just my life and put it on God and his world. Dangerous prayers take the focus off my needs and put it on what God wants. And so when Jesus taught them about how to pray, he said this in the Gospels. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think Jesus is reminding us as followers, that his mission is just to bring heaven to earth. That was his mission, now it's our mission. When heaven comes to earth, there's real peace, and war isn't imaginable. When heaven comes to earth, there's no hurting, there's no hunger, there's no pain. You see, when heaven comes to earth, no one is left on their own or alone. When heaven comes to earth, families don't fracture, people don't hurt one another, and the world becomes this place where grace and generosity are not the exception but the norm. When heaven comes to earth, no one is far from God, but everyone calls him Father. And for that to happen, Jesus teaches it begins with us praying dangerous prayers like, Your will be done. I think this dangerous prayer of your will be done is challenging because it means kind of a decision that what's most important is God's will, not mine. It means surrendering to God's plan, not my own plan. It means trusting God with my entire life rather than me getting to make all the calls. You know, and that's kind of tough because we know the moment we do that, we're, we're kind of turning it over to him and we start worrying. But, but what if God makes me sacrifice stuff I don't want to sacrifice? If I say that to God, what if, what if he makes me live somewhere I don't want to live or makes me want to have to do something I don't want to do? So too often, rather than praying dangerous prayers, your will be done, we stick to praying safe prayers. God help me. God bless me. God keep me and the kids safe. And again, not bad. But these safe prayers will never bring heaven to earth. Some of Jesus' followers, the very first ones, they took on this challenge to pray this dangerous prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And you know what? God did ask them to make sacrifices. And yes, God did go ahead and send them to different parts of the world. And yes, God did ask them to do things that they didn't think they could do. 
But as they look back on their life, did they regret it? Did they wish they'd focused more on themselves? Did they come to the end of their life and say, there must have been something more? No, not at all. In fact, it was said of these first Christ followers who prayed this dangerous prayer in Acts chapter 17, these are the people who turn the world upside down. The more they prayed this dangerous prayer, the more heaven came to earth. And I'll tell you what, I want us to be people like that. I want us to be that kind of a church. And I believe we can be the kind of people who turn the world upside down. In fact, I see in us, Community Christian Church, a people who aren't satisfied with just safe prayers, but a courageous group of Christ followers. That's who we are, who are willing to pray dangerous prayers because we want to bring more of heaven to earth. So what we're going to do today, we're beginning a five-week series, and we're going to challenge each other to pray five different dangerous prayers. And it was these kinds of dangerous prayers that helped transform those early followers in in three key relationships. The relationship with God, it changed them. The relationship with each other, it changed them. And the relationship with the world, it changed them. Now, we see this transformation described in the book of Acts. And it's praying these dangerous prayers will do the same thing for you and me that it did for them. So first, as they prayed this dangerous prayer, your will be done, it changed their relationship with God. It tells us how in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, where it says, Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 of them were added to the number that day, and they continued to devote themselves. I want to tell you about Vanessa. Vanessa is someone from uh, right here at Community who began to say to God in her own way, Your will be done. And it changed everything between her and God. In fact, I want to read you Vanessa's story in her own words from her baptism right here at our Plainfield location. She writes, I never really understood the good news of Jesus. As a result of that and other incidents in my life, I left the church at 18 and I tried to live life my own way, on my own. Well, needless to say, it wasn't that I had at all what I'd hoped it would be. Not really knowing what to do with my life, I ended up turning to drugs and alcohol. I fell into a depression and I didn't really value my life. I felt as if I didn't have any purpose for being here. It was at that point I knew that I would not be able to do life by myself, and I knew I needed to seek God and accept Jesus in my life. Well, today, I'm being baptized to let everyone know that Jesus is leading my life. In her own words, she said, realizing that I knew that I would not be able to do life by myself. I knew I needed God. And it's that dangerous prayer, your will be done, that was transforming for her. In my own small group, I have a friend who was baptized last month, and I have another friend who is starting over and being baptized next month. Both of them, in their own ways, are praying this dangerous prayer. Okay, God, from this point on, your will be done. And I'm telling you, God has come to life in their lives like never before. (laughs) Well, speaking of small groups, not only did praying that dangerous prayer change those first followers' relationship with God, but it also changed their relationship with each other. The Bible tells us this in Acts. It says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Those early followers were transformed from being kind of independent individuals trying to do life on their own into a community of people who loved each other relentlessly and were committed to getting each other through anything that life might bring their way. 
what it did, this dangerous prayer, it changed the relationship with one another. Well, we see that same kind of transformation taking place through small groups here at Community. Independent individuals coming together to be caring communities, committed to each other, saying we'll get each other through anything. <laughs> that makes me think of this picture. I want to show you this picture. All right, let's just all say it on the count of three. I want you to say, aww, okay, because we're all thinking it on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Aww. The mom of this pic is, uh, is Jessie. And with her permission, I want to read you her story in her own words. Here's what she said. About ten months ago, I found out I was pregnant. As a single mom, this was devastating news. I knew what I had done was wrong, but what was I, I going to do now? My family was asking me to end it and was even willing to provide the money for the abortion. I was feeling so alone. I was feeling so ashamed. Even though I'd been attending community for some time, I remember considering that I may have to find a new church to avoid the embarrassment of being a single pregnant mom. I didn't want pity, and I really didn't want to hear people say they were sorry. Well, I loaded Devin, my four-year-old, in the car, and we went to church that next Sunday after finding out that I was expecting. I didn't know if I would talk to someone that day about it or not. I almost didn't say anything, but because of the warmth of the message and the community, I decided to look for Nick. I wanted him to be the first person I told, and so I told him. His first words to me were not, oh, I'm sorry. Instead, they were, congratulations. I was shocked by the statement. Surely he knew that I was single. Surely he knew that, I, that this was wrong. But he chose the words, congratulations, instead of, oh, I'm sorry. And then he told me, he said, Jesse, if you keep this baby, this church will stand behind you and we will get you through this. And that was exactly what I needed to hear. With his encouragement, I went to my first small group that night. I told them how I was considering an abortion, but I decided to go ahead and have the baby. The two leaders of this small group, along with the rest of the group, they were the ones who got me through this. When things got tough, they prayed for me. They loved me. And it was so nice to walk into church when they saw my belly growing and they greeted me warmly and asked about the baby. They loved me. For me, community has been a place where I can come just as I am. Even as a single pregnant mom like me, I was welcome. I'll tell you what, I love that story. But I'll tell you, here's my favorite part of the story that wasn't included. It, it was the first day that Jesse brought her brand new baby, Micah, that you saw in the picture, to church. And Jesse was so excited, showing little Micah off to everyone. But when she saw her friend Nick, who said, Congratulations, she held little Micah up to Nick's face and told Micah, Micah, you see this man? You need to get to know him. He's a good man. This man saved your life. I'll tell you what, I believe God wants all of us to be a part of a difference-making community like that in small groups. And see, it's in praying, okay, God, like I'm sure Nick had done over and over again. That's what put him in that spot. Your will be done. Your will be done. What do you got for me today? That's what makes transformation possible. Understand, praying in this dangerous prayer, it changed the relationship with God. It changed the relationship with each other. But lastly, it also changed the relationship with the entire world. If we continue in Acts, it says this, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to the number daily those who are being saved. Those early followers were not only making a difference in their community, but also in their region and around the known world. Several years ago, 
a guy who worked with our students on our staff team here, began to kind of pray this dangerous prayer. Okay, God, your will be done. What is it? What do you think you want? And God began to challenge him to think about moving his family to Denver to start a brand new church. Now, the truth is, when, when he told me this, that he was thinking about going to Denver to start a church, I wasn't that excited because I wanted him to be the youth pastor for my kids. <laughs> so, kind of to put him off, I said, I'll tell you what, why don't you go out to Denver, you guys pray about it, which is basically code for I hope this will wear off, and then you come back to me and tell me what you're thinking. He took off, he was gone for about a week, him and his wife. When they got back, I said, well, how was the trip? And he was smiling, big smile, he said, oh, it was good. And I asked him, how good? <laughs> And then he told me, he said, well, I met with some people about starting this church and they've already committed $200,000. I was like, wow, that is, that is good. And after that trip, it was so obvious that God was in it that I, that I had to begin to support this thing. So I remember standing up at a leadership gathering with him and his wife. And I just said, I said, you know, God is so obviously in this decision for them to move to Denver and start this new church. And if God's sending them and their family to Denver, I told all our leaders, I want to challenge you to pray about this because I believe God wants to send some of you to Denver too. And essentially I was asking them, hey, pray this dangerous prayer. Your will be done. And our whole church did. At least our leaders did. Well, a few months later, 35 people, 35 people right here at community, sold their homes, got brand new jobs, transferred schools, went to Denver, helped start a brand new church. That was almost 15 years ago. That was the first of what is now more than 1,100 churches, probably a quarter million people or more, that form our New Thing Network. And New Thing now starts churches just like ours for people just like you all around the world. And as I think back on it, all that started because of one dangerous prayer. You know what we call those three relationships I just described? Your relationship with God? your relationship with this church, and your relationship with the world. So you can remember it, we call them the three C's. The relationship with God, that's all about celebrate. Celebrates the word. Your relationship with the church, one another. It's all about the word connect. And relationship with the world outside the walls of this place are contribute. Celebrate, connect, contribute. And my experience is that whenever I find a person who prays that dangerous prayer, your will be done. We see those people grow in these three most important relationships, the three C's. I'll tell you what, I want to end with a challenge. Here's my challenge. As we start this brand new year in a brand new series, first of all, pray this dangerous prayer. I don't know if you journal. I don't know if you say your prayers out loud, if you say them in your head, if you say them throughout the day, you got a certain point in time. However you do it, add this to your prayers. Say, your will be done. Your will be done. I'll tell you what, let's, let's say your will be done together out loud on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Your will be done. Every day, as often as you can, bring that to mind. Just make that kind of a part of your ongoing prayer. God, your will be done. That's the first challenge. Here's the second one. I'm excited to let you know that we have created a brand new tool called a 3C Spiritual Growth Plan. And this tool, it's an online tool that will help you grow in these three important relationships with God, with others around you, and with the whole world. And you can find it on our website. And if you look there, what you'll see is a tool that'll help you understand how you can grow in each of these three areas and then create an intentional plan for how you continue to grow for the rest of the year. 
And I would love, I would love for every one of us at community, every one of us at community to use this great new tool. It, it's, a, it's a new year. It's a perfect time to use this tool and to create a 3C growth plan yourself. Please, please, please check it out. Here's the last challenge I had for you. Come back every week of this Dangerous Prayer series. Make a commitment. Say, I'm going to be here all five. I want to be all here all five so I can learn about and begin to pray these dangerous prayers. You see, if every one of us that calls community their church home would do what those first followers of Christ did, pray this dangerous prayer that says, your will be done. I'm telling you, we too can turn our world upside down. We can experience personal transformation in these most important relationships. And we can be a people who bring heaven to earth.